beautiful friends, and welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to talk about something that's so important, and it's so hard for so many of us. It's how do we turn a no into our next business opportunity? I don't know about you, but this is definitely something that I don't always take enough uh, action or put out enough offers each week, right? It's something that I have to continuously work on. But when we hear no, it's really easy to get stopped in our tracks. So today we're going to talk about reframing that and how we can move forward and turn those no's into the next opportunity. Hi, and welcome to Make Beautiful Things Podcast. I created this podcast so that I can help you step into your God-given purpose, monetize your gifts through an online business, and help you create consistent income and have more impact in your home and in the world. Hi, I'm your host, Kristen. I am an encourager and faith-led entrepreneur that has a heart to encourage and uplift other people in their businesses and at home. If you are ready to grow your business so you'll have more impact in the world and you'll be following the purpose that's been put upon your life, then grab your notebook and pen and let's get going. All right, let's dive into today's episode. I actually was listening to Kathy Heller's podcast. I think it was today's episode with Kendra Scott who owns a, a jewelry empire. It's Her business is valued in, in the billions of dollars. So anyways, it was actually an amazing episode. And if you listen to Kathy Heller, it's definitely one to check out. But she, in the episode, Kendra was talking a little bit about her first nose, you know, kind of starting out in her business. And it obviously took her time, right, to build this very, very successful business at this point. But she went through all the highs and lows the hard times, people not loaning her money, right? So her story is very relatable to almost every person because that's really how business works. Very rarely does someone start something and it just is amazing and there's no ups and downs or highs and lows or struggles with money or getting their clients. So the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because that when she talked about this piece, this this no, it just struck a chord with me today. And so I wanted to do a short episode about it. And so basically, how do we turn a no into our next business opportunity? So I'm going to give you a couple steps and ideas so that we can approach our no's on a more positive note and that we can see them as a growth opportunity, but also see them as an opportunity in the future. And so one of the things that Kendra Scott said was, When she hears a no, it actually motivates her and she says, oh, it's on, right? So she turns her no into on, you know, so N-O to O-N. And she talks about forward action, right? So in other words, your no just means that you continue to take more forward action, right? So it doesn't need to be a obstacle or a barrier that's stopping you. It is just a information point, if you will, right? It's just information to inform you for that possible client, and if there's ever an opportunity in the future, and then it's also to inform you for other, you know, clients you're going to get in front of. So what do we do with this information? So when you, you know, reach out to a prospect, a possible client or possible customer, and they're not interested, that is okay. So what do we do with that? Well, here are a couple things we can do. We can do four things. One, we can get back to them, you know, either email or phone or however we were, you know, in contact, ask for feedback. Hey, I 100% get that you're not interested, you know, or, or right now. I would love it if you could tell me if there's anything that you would have, you know, liked to see different or, you know, some other feature that would have made a difference to you. So get feedback. Number two is 
make sure you sincerely thank them for their time. Okay. And then the third is send them something thoughtful, right? That could be a note. It could be an email, a letter. It could be a a little goodie, a book that you thought of that they might enjoy. And then the fourth thing is follow up later, right down the road, put a reminder on your calendar. And, you know, the idea is not to stalk or bombard them, but if you kind of keep that possible client, you know, or the person you want to be your client on your radar, if you keep adding value, right, to their business or providing little ideas for them, then eventually follow back up, right, to give them something else or say, hey, we've changed some things and I wanted to know if this would be of interest to you to look at. So that's the first thing, okay? But what is this all about? So the first thing is we have to handle knows well, right? That's that whole ask for feedback, thank them, send them something thoughtful and follow up. The next is we have to be persistent. We're all going to get no's. If we're not getting no's, it means that we're really not working in our business. And I think it's Jack Canfield when he, before he got his book series, Chicken Soup for the Soul, which now of course has been around a long time and it's made millions of dollars and there's many, many different versions and series of these Chicken Soup for the Soul books. But before he got his first yes, I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say it was something like 97 no's from possible publishers. Okay. Him and his, uh, the the person, the co-author, this is what we're talking about, right? So you should, we should expect no's and that's okay. We need to just reframe it, reposition it. The next thing is, Like I said, use it as a learning opportunity. What can we learn? You know, what didn't we do? Maybe right. Did we not add value? Was the product or service not aligned with who we're trying to approach? Did we not invest in this possible prospect prior to giving them an ask, right? The next is be creative. You know, how can you stand out? How can you show up and them see that you actually are different than the next five businesses that might be in your same area or market. And then always be kind, always show up, you know, to serve, to be of service to others and with just a kind spirit, right? Because you're really there at the end of the day, you're there in your business. You've created a business to serve someone, to serve other people. Yes, you'd like to make an income and living off of it, but if you're not serving people with your product or your service or your offering, then it's going nowhere. So you have to come at it from a place of service, of kindness, right? How do I serve them? What are they asking for? You know, so keep listening. That's the other thing to learn. What are you hearing? Not just from the nose, but maybe people that look at your products or consider them and then don't decide to move forward. And I think the way we keep going when we get those no's, which we're going to get, the way we keep going is that we make sure we are moving forward in a, you know, with whatever we're offering, this product or the service line, it's something that we believe in. It's something that we have this deep down passion to put out into the world, right? So we have the desire to see this thing come to life or to grow or to get it in more people's hands. We have to have that. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to maintain that effort over time, right? And building anything, right, that 
that becomes very successful, it takes time. The other thing it takes is determination. So no matter if someone else is believing in what you're doing or you're not getting the momentum you want as quick as you want, keep going. Yes, be open to tweaking something, to pivoting, that sort of thing. But if you know deep down, this is what you're going for. This is where you're meant to be, right? In this particular space with this offering, keep going. And I love what Jamie Kern Lima says in her book, Believe It. She is the founder of It Cosmetics, and she's since sold her company for, I think, billions of dollars. And uh, basically, her product was one of the first products that came out. So she sells things like foundation and concealer, and she has a whole line of makeup, but that that's where it started. She had or has rosacea and so kind of like the red spots and splotches on your that you get on your face. And actually, I get that as well. I didn't get it until maybe the last five years. I never had that condition prior, but my mom has it. So anyways, uh, it, it does a really good job of covering up that redness in those spots. But when she first came out with her product, people loved it. The issue was she did. She wasn't using models to show her product. She was using before and afters of women, how it made their, their skin look so good and they weren't embarrassed. So she, it took her years, right, to get anyone to buy her products. And these were more expensive products because of what needed to go in it in order for that coverage. And so she had to sell it at places like a Sephora and Ulta. She sold tons of it on QVC. But she talks about in her book, of course, about her journey, right? To get there, her journey from nothing, you know, having nothing to creating this product, to putting everything on the line, and then having nose and doors shut in her face continuously. So if you need a, a comeback story, if you do, it's a great book. And she's very open and vulnerable and shares so much about her her journeys. I think she's adopted as well. And there's just some really beautiful stories in there as well about that, right? That journey. Anyway, so she's sharing in her book about finally getting in the door for an appointment with Sephora and she's sitting at the table and it's taken her a very long time to even get a meeting, right? Up till now, they've just basically had no interest. So she's sitting at a table with a ton of people, you know, a group around the table, but everybody seems super into her product and what she's showing and the before and after yeah, before and after photos, except for the main person, right? That's really the decision maker. And that woman basically shuts her down. And she tells her that basically women that are buying luxury beauty products don't buy from uh, a line that has the types of photos she has. In other words, her photos were of real women in their real, the product on their faces. It wasn't a product that was on models. And so this one basically said like, no, 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 no. Our customers don't want that. And by the way, I've heard no buzz about you. So if you were a thing and it was actually going well, like we would know. So of course she, Jamie left the office, you know, keeping her composure together until she got, you know, away from the building, away from the meeting. And of course she talks about sobbing her eyes out, but then I want to share with you kind of what she, her perspective, and what she says here. She said, I didn't know what I was going to do from there. I dreaded calling Paulo and Jackie to tell them it was a no again. Back in the office in the weeks to come, it was hard to see how this was all going to work out. Rejection hurts so deeply. 
especially when you value the opinions of the people rejecting you. One of my best friends, Natasha, said something that helped, me, helped carry me through this time. You're putting these people on a pedestal, and the only one you should ever put on a pedestal is God. He's the one who decides what doors open and close and when, and your trust should only be in him, not in anyone else. And even though I knew she was right, doing this felt so hard. And she goes on to say, the hustling continued and continued and continued. I sent email after email and left voicemail after voicemail with as much passion and excitement in each message as if it were the very first time I'd contacted that person. I would find people's assistance on LinkedIn or elsewhere online and contact them too. The rejection repeated over and over for years from Sephora and Ulta Beauty and Nordstrom and all the major department stores. Then one day I finally got through to Alan Burke's assistant the then head of beauty at QVC. Anyways, so she goes on to say that she finally talks to him. And again, she says, uh, see, he thanked me for loving QVC, but confirmed again, it was a no. I thanked him for his time. After the call ended, I got under my covers in bed and cried and cried and cried and prayed and cried some more. Then I got the weirdest feeling came over me. I realized that no matter how hard it got, I wasn't going to quit. I just wasn't going to give up. It didn't make sense in my head but it did make sense in my gut. My intuition was still telling me to keep going. And the last part I want to share um, with you about her uh, part of her book is this. She said, and I really focused on my why. See, a lot of people set goals and even have a goal setting journal, but I've learned that for me, that isn't enough. I believe that you have to attach a why to any goal. And that why has to be so meaningful that to you, no matter how hard things get, your belief in your why is powerful enough to withstand the hard times when things don't go your way. Lying there under my covers, I remember the deep pain I had felt as a little girl when I saw images of beauty that made me feel like I wasn't good enough. I was determined to change this for other little girls out there who were about to start learning to doubt themselves and for every grown woman who still does. I was determined to use up every ounce of myself and every ounce of fight I had inside myself before tapping out of accomplishing that mission. Before falling asleep that night, I wrote these words and texted them to myself, vowing, vowing to read them every day until I didn't need the reminder anymore. Know your why, then fly, girl, fly. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And it's so honest and it's so true. I think every story, every founder story, has some version of her story in it, right? The no's, the closed doors, the people not getting why you're doing it and that there is someone that wants it. Because often when we're going against what the old guard's been, when we're going against the norm, when we're trying to shatter what's been before us, before her idea or our product, we're going to have resistance. You know, she explains it. No wonder she's going to have resistance to her idea because she was trying to change the vision for the beauty industry before it had been done. She was on the forefront of trying to make beauty be, you know, have examples of women that look just like us, not that look like a supermodel. And she was on the forefront of that, right, in the beauty industry. You know, nowadays we see more ad campaigns and marketing that have women of all shapes, sizes, and colors with all different, you know, um, marks and hair and everything. But, you know, that wasn't the case, at, you know, at one time. And so I think she hits such an important point. 
We have to know our why, but I don't even mean just like you, you think you know it, like deep down in your soul, right? Kind of like what's rooted within you. What is that why? And so many times it's probably connected to something that's happened in our life. For instance, when I was talking about the story or the interview with Kendra Scott and Kathy Heller, Kendra says, I've always loved that intersection of fashion and then wanting to make jewelry that's still, you know, higher end, but it it could be attainable to women, right? But still quality. But for her, that's, you know, she had sort of a pivotal point where she knew that was it. She tried actually to have a hat business first and it did not do well. It ended up failing. But what she learned in that industry brought her to realize that the jewelry she'd started doing, people loved. They were one of a kind, or at least, you know, originally, but they're all different pieces. They were unique pieces, but find deep down your why, you know, and I have talked about this before, but where's your intersection? What's your why that you're creating this thing that you're putting your birthing into the world, right? Your product or your service or your art. And then where does that intersect with your your skill set and your passion, right? Where is your purpose? When those come together, though, and you understand how your why is tied into that, that's when you're going to be unstoppable. But just because you're unstoppable doesn't mean there won't be obstacles and barriers and no's and doors closed and that people won't get your vision. You're going to have to keep educating people, sharing it, and then keep showing up, you know, getting every little win, every little accolade and keeping all those things in front of you so that you have the momentum to keep moving forward. And so, as I said, how can you keep taking forward action? And one of the things I like to tell people to do is keep a running list each week of your big asks or your forward action, you know, or your um, revenue generating activities, right? You know, as you can call it, but what is your list? What are, what's the action you're taking this week? to, you know, reach out to people, to tell them about your product, to connect with them and see what they need and how you can help them. But keep doing outreach, keep connecting with people and then see where you can then, you know, have that opportunity, that future opportunity. But as I said before, you have to first put value out to people. You have to keep providing value and be of service. But if you do those things and you understand your why deep down to your core, you'll have the determination to keep going. And so turn those no's into, you know, making it be on or that next opportunity. You know, your no is just moving into your next opportunity because you're going to learn. You're going to understand why someone said no. You know, what's their reason? Is it timing? Is it they didn't get it that they don't see that it's a fit? You know, it's an opportunity for you to be thankful and show gratitude and be kind And it's an opportunity for you to continue to persevere. All right. So I can't wait to hear about how you've turned your nose into opportunities and growth. So I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, Kristen at KristenFitch.com, or you can use my contact form on my website, or you can DM me on Instagram. It's at KristenFitch. I would love to hear your story, your why, and your no that turned into your next opportunity. So reach out and It may be one that we share on the future podcast episode as well. Till then, have a great day. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you could leave an Apple review and rating. 
because it helps other people find us and grow the show. Also, we would love for you to check out the website, kristenfitch.com. You can find out about my creative detours, workshops, or working with me one-on-one with your beautiful One Thing Mentoring Program. So reach out, connect to me. I'd love to speak with you and see how we can connect.